Sunday is proud to be supported by one of Australia's fastest growing men's grooming brand, Nutcare. Proudly Australian, Nutcare is taking down under grooming to the modern day man. And I don't know about you boys, but it is winter over here and things are getting a little bit wild for some people, not myself, but I've got Nutcare, so I'm good. Uh, but if you are getting a little bit wild down there, let's get yourself some Nutcare. Recently voted number one by Men's Health Magazine with Bare Nuts Pubic Hair Removal Cream, Nutcare is revolutionising male grooming. As proud supporters of any given Sunday, Nutcare is offering 10% off. That's a whole 10% at their first order. Simply use the promo code any given Sunday at the checkout and the discount will be applied. Nutcare is and always will be essential for men's grooming. Love it, Amen, brother. Oh, the intro could have played a lot quicker. There it is. Round 45! Round 45! Hot, 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 hot! You are listening to Any Given Sunday, Australia. Yes, hello and welcome to the Any Given Sunday Australia podcast, the number one podcast in three households. One studio and still the Gridiron Australia headquarters. Joining us today is our usuals, TC24 at Tim Cardi, AGSAU. How are you, mate? Very good, legend. And uh, probably looking to be the favourite potty in the fantasy world now too, maybe. <laughs> uh-huh. you, you're going early. I like it. We will get to that. We will get to that. <laughs> and our junior boy turned senior boy at Danny Webb, AGSA, you've changed your title slightly today. How are you, mate? <laughs> mate, but you just got to go off the cuff. you got to go off the cuff. But yeah. I am here and ready to learn. It is winter, but I'm sweating for some reason. Um, <laughs> Cardi, you have given away what we are talking about today. So we do have a fantasy league that will be commissioned by yourself. And mm. just to help those that... I know we've got a few supporters out there that, that are all over the fantasy, but to help those that are not quite all over it, we've brought in an expert. He's the, yes, Danny, you are one of those. Actually, I'm probably one of those too, to be honest. We've brought in a, he's a feature analyst at the FTN Fantasy Podcast. He's an expert ranker at Fantasy Pros on Twitter. Is that right, mate? Uh, website. Website, yep, at Fantasy Pros. We will go all over that at the end. I will say, just for clarity, he's part of the Bills Mafia, just so everyone knows. <laughs> It is Mr. Jeremy, Jeremy. Oh, I told you I was going to start with that. Jeremy Poplars. How are you, mate? Hey, you know, you got the last name. That, that's the most oh, I know, that's which the is hardest the one. You know? part wrong. Yeah. He I was so a, worried about the last name. I, I need guess. a drink. You know, it was no, it's all right. You know, it, oh, it's my geez. entire life. You know, my, my last name's a tough one. So yeah. every, We're anybody who ever's always like it, you know, so. We're going um, with Jess for good. the rest of this. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. You know, I I'm excited to talk some fantasy football with you guys. Uh, always a fun time. You know, I love you know football in general as the NFL and like you said, the Bills are, you know, my go-to. So always fun up here in Buffalo, and uh, I just like to kind of you know develop that football game into the fantasy game. It's a lot of fun making that transition. Yeah. And just quickly, just quickly on the Bills before we go deep into the fantasy. Obviously, we saw this morning Josh Allen's cover of Madden. Do you believe in oh, the Madden boy. curse? Ooh. Yeah, I don't know. This season's over. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I... I can't even think of, like... Like, I haven't played Madden in a while, and, like, obviously I've seen the covers, but, like, I don't remember who the last couple have been. But, like, I still think that curse is going, so I am definitely 
slightly nervous. Um, but, you know, Josh wasn't supposed to be good in the NFL anyways. You know, he was mm. that, that unicorn of quarterback prospects. So maybe he can be the unicorn of Madden covers, you know. Maybe it's going to reverse the Bills curse that we already have because we can't win Super Bowls. So, you know, maybe it's like a reverse. Maybe, like, all the curses will come together and it will be boom. <laughs> Super Bowl. <laughs> If you uh, meant to That's be your year, for, this year's the year. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I will say, as you can see from, I, I can see all your helmets in the background. You can see mine. Uh, if you don't mind, just you know, destroying Aaron Rodgers a couple of times this year, that'd be great. Oh yeah, it, it should happen. It should. <laughs> I'm not afraid. Of, I'm not afraid of the, the Jets necessarily, but you know. they did beat you last year. Josh is. <laughs> Maybe they did. I don't remember. No, I don't think they did. The Dolphins did, didn't they? Oh, was it the I, honestly, I don't even remember. The Dolphins yeah. beat us once the last first year, time in my Miami last year. It's moving yeah. on to this year. I don't think the Jets did beat them. Oh, we'll oh no, maybe they did. Later. The year that uh, or the game that Josh got hurt as UCL. That's was the yes. game that they beat them. I think they did yep. beat them once. Yeah, that's a fair. Yeah, it's to tough. Beat. You know those those yeah. division games are hard. You know, I always give teams credit. You know, you always see those one offs. You know. I've always been a favorite to bet, you know, when Jacksonville was really bad because they just constantly beat Indianapolis and Jacksonville. No matter how bad, the Jaguars were like 1-15. And mm. Indy couldn't go in there and win to save their life for like five years straight. It was pretty easy. <laughs> Even to make the playoffs, they couldn't get in there to win. Yeah. Like, it's but... just, just those division games are tough. So, respect. Yeah. You know, everybody's good at the NFL level. But, yes, I hope they do beat them twice. Yeah, that'd be much appreciated. <laughs> but, all right, we're, we're going to get straight into it. Uh I'm going to start off with just, like I said, it's for those that are not quite sure, uh, you know, the the way to go about the, the fantasy. So we're going to start with the draft. I want to know, what do you have any tactics or, or anything that you like, Im, like employ when you're going into a draft? So obviously the easiest one that a lot of people like to say is like, you know, you have a plan or, you know, kind of have your own rankings or like players that you like and players you want to target um kind of avoid adp some people like to say um but for me it's just really like fluidity um i always like to have a plan i kind of have a a rough estimate of players that i like or don't like and then you kind of just have to play the board how it comes to you you know in a lot of drafts you know i'm in multiple like i've done dynasty drafts redraft stuff depending on what format you're playing and like you're looking at it as in like okay, some leagues you're going to get 24 running backs in the first three rounds, you know, if you're playing in like a 12-team league. In some formats or some leagues, you're going to get, you know, 10 running backs in that same category. So it's kind of like, okay, these players are getting taken earlier, so maybe I have to pivot my strategy a little bit because I don't want to get caught on the back half of like that running back run or that wide receiver run. So I think just staying fluid and kind of like, sticking to your plan but having that ability to kind of pivot a little bit when that starts to get a little bit off schedule from what your plan was um is is really a key for me um and then i don't know what format you guys are going to be playing here tim um but the i think <laughs> i don't know if it's gonna be super flex or one quarterback um so if you're starting two quarterbacks or just one, but if it's a two quarterback league, I, I definitely like to go quarterbacks early, like two in the first two rounds. Like that's just my go-to um, just because they're usually hard to acquire and there's not as many good ones, you know, and if you can start two, it's a huge advantage, you know, in some leagues I have like Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. Like that's, a, that mm-hmm. was just, it's dynasty. So like it's, it's easier to get those two because they were both kind of like, not the highest rookie picks when you're making it in redraft. Now you're, you're never going to end up with that 
stack normally. Um, but like that advantage is just huge. You know, you're talking like 40, 50 points, depending on scoring like a week and it's yeah. easy plug them in and it's good to go. So that's why when you're playing two QB, that, that quarterback is, is very important in my opinion. And just for those that are not sure. So the dynasty is where you can keep players year to year and the redraft is obviously when you, you have to redraft every year. Correct. Yeah. So like dynasty, that's basically like my MO. Like I, I live in that realm. Um, I mm-hmm. enjoy like the rookie stuff, rookie prospects. If you follow me on Twitter, um, you'll see all that. Like that's kind of like my thing. Like I enjoy to really do that stuff. Um, so like dynasty is you're holding on to those players as long as the league continues, you know? So there's that. And then you get a draft every year of those rookies that are coming in. It's usually like three, four rounds, depending on how deep you, your league goes. And then, like you said, the redraft is every year you redraft your entire, you know, 28 man roster. Um, you also have like keeper too, which is like, you could kind of have, it's like a hybrid in between them where it's like yeah. you redraft every year, but maybe you get to keep like two players, you know, yeah. you get to pick like, Oh, I want to keep, you know, we'll just use Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs this year. Like, those are the two I want to keep. Cool. And then the rest of your players go in the pool and you have a whole nother draft. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. One more from me before we throw to the boys. Uh, in regards to flexing options, when you've got, you know, tight end, wide receiver, running back, mm-hmm. you know, even a quarterback, if it's a super flex, do you have a specific uh, type that you're going to go for? Are you going to always stick with the running backs or uh, is it, you know, obviously depending on what kind of league you're in? I think the key to that is is leagues, you know, like you want to see that format, you know, if you're playing a PPR, so that's a point per reception, um, you have like one full point, you have half points, you have 0.25 points, like you want to check those scoring formats, because that's key, because that also changes like player value in the drafts, you know, you get that full point per reception, you know, your your guys like Christian McCaffrey, your guys like Austin Eckler, who catch passes out of the backfield for the running back position are more valuable than say, you know, Nick Chubb. Um, although Nick Chubb's arguably a better physical running back and like better runner at the NFL level than some of those other guys, he just isn't as valuable in that style fantasy league. Um, so for me, it really depends on that. Uh, I tend to lean a little bit on just how my roster goes, like in that draft where you're getting flexible, you know, you're just going to start your best players available. Um, but running backs tend to be a little bit safer if you can manage to say get three or four starting running backs they have a little bit safer floor than wide receivers Mm -hmm. Uh, but the wide receivers can also have the bigger boom weeks because you know they there's five of them that play on a team that you know potentially they go for you know 80 yards and a touchdown in week two versus you know the running back that's only going to get you you know 50 60 yards and maybe a touchdown so it's kind of dependent on your formats a little bit and I just kind of like don't really stick to anybody because I like that fluidity and just kind of getting the best players I can who score the most fantasy points for for flex positions. And just on that, on the fantasy points, like a rookie fantasy player such as myself, and I'm sure there's going to be plenty of others listening that are complete rookies. Uh, do you go after players specifically that are going to be better at fantasy rather than just like chasing big names? Um, a hundred percent, but honestly, most of the big names are, are pretty good at fantasy. Like you can go back, you know, and you can check like, um, so for example, fantasy pros who you had mentioned before, like I rank on their website, um, and a lot of guys do, it's like a little competition that they have, but on their website, they have like a, a football leaders, um, fantasy football leaders, and you can actually go back previous years. So you can kind of see what guys have done and you can change the formats, you know, it's standard or PPR, um, 
it's it's a really cool tool. I use it quite often. Um, but it kind of goes back and shows you. But like your guys like the Devontae Adams, you know, the Tyreek Hills, the Stefan Diggs, the Justin Jefferson, Shamar Chases. Like those guys do score a lot of points. Um, the the thing that you have to worry is where you get into the middle of the drafts. You know, you start to run into guys that you just maybe recognize the name. You know, you might see, oh, Allen Robinson. Well, he was good, but like mm-hmm. Allen Robinson now, not so much. So like there's not as many points there or that potential. Do you know what I mean? So like if you're looking at it, you might see, you know, the difference of like I'm trying to think of two guys, maybe like a Jacoby Myers. Like some people might know Jacoby Myers' name, mm-hmm. but like Jacoby Myers is now on the Raiders in a situation behind Devontae Adams on a team that doesn't pass a lot. So it's kind of like, oh, Jacoby Myers' value and namesake that he had before might not be as good for fantasy anymore where he was before as opposed yeah. to like George Pickens who's emerging in in Pittsburgh, you know? So it's kind of like a a catch 22 with that because yes, some of those big names obviously will get you points because they're the team's face of their franchise in essence. Um it's more that like middle tier medium name I'd say that you kind of know but might be a better football player than they would fantasy producer yeah so that's where you can get a little little dangerous i feels like the middle as opposed to like your big big names hmm. yeah so yeah. good luck that with that one sorry Katsu, you can go but, yeah um i find myself i always picked up and Katsu were the same because we had him on the the podcast alan lazard was always a mm-hmm. an awesome team man but he was doing the team things not always taking the, the touchdowns and the catches so i reckon he was a perfect one where he was just middle of the road but he could have a really good week but then he could have a terrible yeah. week the next week and that, that that's exactly what i mean you know like alan lazard like you said is, is that perfect guy that's like okay he's good and he's had his his good fantasy weeks and his good nfl weeks but like you said, like he is a good pass blocker, you know, like Robert Woods is another player that's very similar, mm-hmm. you know, like they're good at a lot of different things. So it doesn't always translate to a ton of fantasy points, but they're a good like flex player, for example, like that you're going to potentially get that boom week where they score a touchdown or two. But majority of the time, they're kind of eh, in the middle of the field there because they do maybe they get used a little bit more in the blocking game or something to that essence. And yeah, further to that, like, because you're a big Bills Mafia nuffy, he said affectionately, but do you have to <laughs> you have to tip with your head and not your heart a little bit sometimes? Mm. Obviously, you know the Bills boys pretty well, and you probably would feel comfortable picking them, but then you sort of have to go, oh, maybe I'll look at the analytics, look at the stats a little bit, and take two Bills certain heavy. players over probably your preferred Bills guys? Yeah, I think that's the smart way to play, you know. Um, but we see it even at the NFL level, you know, you, you, somebody falls in love with somebody, a coach falls in love with a certain player, you know, cough, cough, Clyde Edwards, a and they draft him in his position. He probably shouldn't go. And we see how that works out. Um, you know, it, it's happened to every team, you know, it's just easy there. There's you we're all human, you know, like you yeah. fall into that, that where you like that guy, you know, or even Alan Lazar, you know, like good guy, you know, you, you can root for him. So you're like, oh, I'm going to take him. But it's like, all right, well, maybe Justin Jefferson's a little better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's, a, that's an extreme difference. But, like, yeah, yeah. I I do, um, but sometimes that can benefit you, too. Because, like, for example, the Bills, like, a lot of people don't look at, say, the running backs. Because it's like, oh, the Bills just never have a productive running back. You know, and you might be able to find value, like, say, in James Cook a little bit later in the draft. Because the national notion on them are like, oh, they just don't use their running backs. But like as a home 
based fan, like you're kind of like, well, they have a plan for him this year and you might be able to get some value. So if you're close to that team or like really follow that team, sometimes that's even an advantage for you. Obviously, like you said, you don't want to like overdraft those players. Um, and that's where I feel like ADP can help you, especially as like new fantasy players. The ADP is going to be in the format. It's going to kind of give you the list of the players and what they score and what they're potentially going to score. Or ADP is average draft position. So it's what yeah. other people on that platform are drafting these players at. For me, I don't use that as like a strict, okay, I can't draft this guy till here. But it gives you kind of an advantage of like, well... You know, most people think that he's not going to be that good, but I think he's going to be that good. So instead of taking him so early, I can actually wait mm. a little bit mm. and get him Let maybe him a round or two yeah. later than where I would draft him because I have that space because most people aren't in on him. You know what I mean? So, like, that's the way that I use ADP. Um, and then that's the same way where, like, if you have that advantage of being in on that that team or closer to that team following them, like, you could kind of get away with maybe finding a, a deeper sleeper because – Ultimately, everybody knows, you know, in that first round, like, you're going to get a good player. You know, it's that middle mm. rounds where you start to really win leagues just because that's where you got to find that one or two players that everybody else is like, oh, he's not going to be good. And you get that guy, and then it's, that's a person that explodes and kind of helps cover you into the playoffs and winning those fantasy leagues. Yeah, yeah right. That, so like, second James. half of the draft. Yeah, I was going to say, write that down. James <laughs> Cook. Right, time, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, boys. Yeah, guys. Damian Harris is also really good late. I'm just saying, just because the Bills haven't had a Damian Harris run style running back in a while, so I'm not sure which way it's going to go. But mm. you know, I mm. still really like James Cook, so that's all. Mark, mark that clip. There we go. <laughs> um, all right, so put it. There's a bit of pressure on me. Put in. Well, I'm feeling the pressure. Being a commission, putting my commissioner's hat on uh, for probably. Like we're looking at you know like looking at guys like Danny first you going into into fantasy and that like keeping it pretty simple. What what would sort of be your recommendations for around like rules and how you run the draft and things like that? Do you think just keeping it sort of, sort of pretty simple and like maybe how many teams before it starts to get maybe too big as well? So obviously you want to probably start with redraft. Um, would be my suggestion um, just because it's easier to find somebody to commit to one season. Um, And with dynasty leagues, like if you get into people who leave, it gets tough. You know, like I have like Mm -hmm. what they call like the quote unquote home leagues on Twitter. Like, so it's like just a bunch of my friends um, and like, we had to restart the whole dynasty league this year after Mm -hmm. four years because like four people dropped out and it's kind of like I can find four owner or like four owners slash managers. And it's just kind of like, Eh, but then it's like you're trying to get these guys and they're like well i want to draft my team i don't want a, like a, mm. another team that's already yeah. been built so it's kind of like yeah. when you're first starting out redrafts a little bit better and then you can kind of transition to the dynasty once you find your like committed guys that you know can yeah. kind of stick around for a couple of years um so i definitely suggest like redraft and then like 10 to 12 is a really good range yeah. um there are some leagues that I've played in that are like 14 and 16. And personally to me, I don't like those as much. Um, they're a little bit depleted as far as like talent goes. Like once you get through, you know, a, a starting roster tends to be, you know, you get like a quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers. So that's five, one tight end, six, maybe two flex is eight. So you got like eight guys starting, maybe another super flex. So you're like at nine starting roster. You got, potentially probably six bench players or something like that. So you've got like 15 to 20 guys on this team and it's like 16 teams, you know, that's like 200 and 
you know what that's well 320 players so like you're getting pretty deep in names there like when you're getting into that so if you're just starting it's a little bit tougher as far as like oh who should i draft in like the 25th round when it's like (laughs) you know names that are like you know mccall hardman's there you got like you know just one-off names that are people are gonna be like i don't know and they're just gonna be randomly selecting people so to me, 16 feels big, but obviously if you get 16 people who are interested and you're all starting out, like, it's worth it because you're not going to be able to make two. You know, like, two two leagues of eight. Eight's a little bit, like, the whole teams are, like, really loaded. Um, yeah. But ultimately, any any size works. You know, if you guys are there, you're having fun. Like, that's the point of it. You're getting yourself introduced. Like, I don't personally like eight, but, like, 10 to 12 seems really nice. And, like I said, like, that kind of starting format that I laid out right there you know, it is a pretty favorable format. Sometimes it's three wide receivers. Um, but it depends just really how deep you want to go. You know, the, the, the more starting positions you have, the more bench positions I'd add just because you can easily get through bye weeks and stuff like that. Um, but you also don't want to make it too big that like waivers are, are empty in redraft. Mm. So like, if you get too many bench spots, you're going to have waivers where you're not gonna be able to add anybody in case if a team has an injury. And so like, if somebody loses a top quarterback or something like their season's over, you know? So that's that balance. That's why I would say, you know, usually I think I feel like most, most redraft leagues are like 18, 20 bench, like total players, you know, and then you've got about eight, nine starters somewhere in there. Can you quickly explain how the waivers work? I, I kind of got my head around it like towards the mm-hmm. back half of the season, but can you, in your sort of... Uh, yeah, so I mean, it depends on how you're going to go about it. The easiest way is waivers, like you said. So waivers work as far as like a waiver priority, they call it. Um, normally it goes by the like lowest team. Um, so in week one, and we'll start at week one. So week one, the, the team that has the lowest points will get the first, second, third, and like... So it's lost, then lowest points. And then it goes up like that. And then if you pick somebody, so say that first team picks somebody, they go to 12 for that next week. So like as yep. soon as you get somebody, you go to the last of the order, but you get that first priority the first time. And then it kind of just cycles through like that. So it gets a little confusing, but it tells you like that week what your waiver priority is. Um, some people do use, which I prefer, is what they call like a fab budget. So it's like fake money. Um, and it's on the on the site. You know, it's like 200 bucks, and you physically go in and you mm. like – so like on Wednesday Beautiful. when waivers would run, you like go in and you put, oh, okay, I need a running back this week and Nick Chubb's there. Well, okay, well, somebody dropped him crazily. So I'm going to put like 30 bucks on him. And if you have the highest bid, you get that player. Yeah. So it allows like teams that are like, so like if you happen to win that week and you picked up somebody last week, but you're still the worst team and you have the 12th waiver priority and could use Nick Chubb, you have no shot. Because, like, the team that has the first one's going to get them. Where if you have, like, that value that you can put on those players, like, it gives every team a little bit more of a fair shot at getting that player each week. So that's something I personally like is fab. And I feel like a lot of leagues kind of have started to go that route um, just because it gives every team a little bit more of a shot as far as that um, players are available that week. And on that two hundred dollars that you were talking about to spend, is that you get that at the start of the season? That's it. So you yep. spend. Let's say you want to spend two hundred dollars on one player that comes up on Nick Chubb. Go on first first round, and that's it. You're done for the rest of the season for money wise. Correct. Um, yep. Some leagues allow you to trade it if you want to. Um, that can be put into the settings. I do know that. Um, so I've seen that before. Um, 
but normally I like to like make it not a trade. And then that's another thing that you have to kind of, you know, it makes it as another ripple to the game of like, Oh, well, yeah, like I I can't like put all 200 on it. Cause like, what if I need to get a quarterback in week 15 and I'm like in the playoffs, you know? So it kind of gives you like another strategy part to the game kind of gives it that ripple so that, you know, teams, you can't just go out and put 200 on every player every week, you know? So, and trades, uh, any advice on how to sort of attack trades or maybe deal with trades as they're coming at you throughout the year? So redraft trades for me are a little bit tough. Dynasty stuff's a little bit easier um, because yeah. there's future futures. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like there's future assets and future stuff to move. You know, you could you could pivot off of like a Devonte Adams to a say Jordan Addison this year. You know, you're getting the younger kid who has that potential to become something like Devonte Adams because you're like maybe your team's not gonna have a chance to win this year um so you're kind of like okay well i'm gonna start rebuilding get a little bit younger you can make those type of moves where in redraft it's a little bit more tougher um it kind of feels like one thing and like my colleague which is jeff radcliffe over at ftn fantasy always says like and i would totally 100 percent agree with this is like the trade should make your team better like don't like a trade calculator might tell you it's wrong. You know, you might get bashed on Twitter. You might get bashed by your friends, but like, <laughs> if you feel like that trade's going to make your team better, like say you have Devonte Adams, but your second running back gets hurt and you need to go get somebody and you have to trade like Devonte Adams for Kenneth Walker or something, you know, where maybe the points don't like even out, but you have that ability because maybe your wide receivers are a little bit deeper. Like if it helps your team and you're going to help, you know, get those points because the other players are sitting on your bench, not getting your points. Like it is what it is. You know, you're there to win. Um, so that would be my strategy, but like redrafts tough, like kind of going at it. Um, I know one, one strategy I like to use at least in dynasty and might work a little bit in redraft would be like, don't really go after the player you want initially. You know what I mean? Kind of go in and kind of like lead on that. You want somebody else maybe, Mm-hmm. And then kind of like be like, well, could Set, you toss this guy in, in or, you know, yeah, like kind of like, you know, kind of like give him the rim a roll around um, <laughs> and kind of try and slip it in there um, or just go straight at it. I sometimes go just straight at it because it's just easier because a lot of these I play in are just my friends. So it's it's pretty easy at this point. Um, but it's just kind of like tough for me with redraft you know what i mean like yeah i feel like a lot of trades don't get made because like everybody either what happens is like the team is really bad in the first couple weeks and they lose interest or they're just kind of like well i can't do anything and then like the better teams or mid teams don't want to trade anybody because there's that chance they hit that run so it's kind of a little bit tough as far as the trade market goes in redraft so if you don't see a lot like i wouldn't be like oh this is kind of stinks but it just redraft is a little bit less mm. trade heavy than like I found that a bit in our league last year it was yeah similar yeah. like you don't want to no one wants to feel like they're losing out on the trade and it's kind of mm-hmm. like, like you said like yeah. you know for thinking of the future they could get on a run and yeah you'd, and that, just, that's the thing is that's the big like notion in trades is like oh i don't ever want to lose but like even if you lose a little bit but like you're getting I, that like the Devonte adams ken walker one like okay but i don't have a second running back so I, i'm plugging in you know jarek mckinnon instead of Kenneth Walker and I have, you know, Chris Godwin sitting on my bench because Devontae Adams is starting. Like, you know, like you, that's a slight downgrade from Adams to Godwin. And that's a huge upgrade from say Walker to McKinnon. So like, that's where that like 
yeah, I might have lost the trade at face value, but like it really actually helped my team a lot you because look at now that, like, bigger I'm getting yeah. more points yeah. out of that second running back spot, and my points that I'm losing at the wide receiver spot isn't as far as the points I'm gaining in the running back position. Yeah. I've got a question. Sorry, Danny. I've got to go. So one last one for me, and I'll leave you with these two handsome lads. Uh, <laughs> as far as trading, I'm in a dynasty league, and, and how far forward do you look? So I had a trade this year that come to me. It was from like third or fourth rounder uh, in this year's coming draft, so the next year of that one. And I got in Cooper Cup. You know, obviously he missed the whole of last year, just sat him on my IR. How far forward do you look with things like that? Yeah, so for me, I think that it's hard to really value like two years out. You know, like once you're getting to 25, 26, I feel like those picks lose value to me um, just because it's hard to really know where that class is going to be. Um, and obviously, as somebody who like really dives into the rookie classes, even I get it wrong a lot because like they're college kids. They are kids. They're Mm -hmm. not playing necessarily against the same level competition all the time. And we saw it last year or well, it would have been two years ago now, like the year that um, Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett got drafted. Like the two, those weren't the two top names at the start of that college season. Like we were talking Spencer Rattler and Mm -hmm. DJ Ugalele (laughs) and both of those guys had to return because it was just not their year. Um, So, it kind of is tough to really gauge that one year out like that next year you have a pretty good feeling as far as like how good that draft's going to be as a whole so you can kind of look at it and be like okay yeah this first round pick's got some good value or the second one's got some good value because i know that there's like 15 players that are going to be good you know um but when you start to push to 25 and say 26 we'll just use 23 as the first year um it's a little bit harder because we don't really know how yeah. good that draft's going to be, and you don't want to end up maybe making a trade with Cooper Cup for, like, say, a first-rounder in 26, and all of a sudden 26 is, like, this great rookie class, and you end up, you know, oh, I just I didn't do that back then. So it's kind of like a catch-22 with that. Um, but I'm always looking forward to gaining first-round picks if I'm trading away, um, just because even if I want to get that 25, like the rookie hype always garners in dynasty leagues. So like I'm all for bringing in first rounders because their value is only going to increase. And so that's the way that I look at it. I try to get as many firsts and seconds just because I, that value continues to just increase. And so if someone's willing to give me their 25 and 26, all right. You know what I mean? As part of the deal, if I'm like, say a rebuilding team and I need like a ton of pieces down the road, just I just funnel them all in because at some point, whether I draft somebody or somebody's going to want a player that's on the board when I'm up and I'm going to be able to get, you know, Cooper Cup for, you know, a player who might not hit, you know. So that's where I look at it as far as just bringing assets in because they're always tradable. Yeah. And just on that, because, like, obviously rookies are your bread and butter. Let's, we're talk, let's talk about this year's rookie class. Who okay. have you got your eye on as far as, like, fantasy is concerned? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it, it's pretty easy to look at, um, like, for Dynasty, there's, like, a good group of guys. Um, there's guys that I really like that, like, so that fell a little bit and are going to be good values in, like, your 
dynasty drafts are like Josh Downs um, in the second round. He's he obviously fell a little bit in the draft. He came he's coming out of North Carolina a little bit undersized receiver, um, but his ability to separate and stuff like that and this likely role in Indianapolis is going to be in the slot is very kind of. Um, a good fit I think and I think that there's going to be a lot to play from him because he plays a lot bigger than his size he's a very good contested catch guy he kind of has that like Devontae Smith edge to him like where he kind of although undersized still does really well in those contested situations when he's asked to um he's probably not as good a route runner as Smith but he's again kind of a little bit bigger than what he plays he's a guy that I really like um I really like Tank Bigsby as well um I know that there's a lot of people that are afraid with Tank Bigsby because of Travis Etienne. Um, and I do like Travis Etienne. I do think that he's a very good and talented football player, but I do think that Tank Bigsby is going to have a role there. Um, he's another player that falls into a lot of the second rounds of these rookie drafts, and I think he's a guy that could potentially become pretty valuable as far as fantasy goes. And then obviously your big names, you know, like Bijan Robinson is a guy that whether you're playing redraft or dynasty, like he's a guy you should have on your radar. Like he's going to go early, even in redraft leagues, just because the Falcons run game is like next level. As far as the NFL goes, in my opinion, um, we saw them do really good things with very average NFL running backs and Tyler Algier Cordell Patterson, which was converted wide receiver, um, and then a couple other names in there, produce very productive and efficient run games. You know, so now you're adding Bijan Robinson, who is arguably the best running back prospect since like Barkley. So you're adding that to that offense all of a sudden, and a guy who pass or is a pass catcher as well, like he does really well in routes and everything like that. So there's going to be a ton of opportunities, a ton of touches out of Bijan. So like Bijan's a guy that no matter what format you're looking at, don't overthink it and don't be like, oh well, he's a rookie. Like traditionally, there's always one rookie running back that finishes in the top twelve in fantasy. Um, last year, I think they missed, but. Brees Hall was on pace until he tore his ACL. Probably would have been the guy that did that. Um, I think Ken Walker just missed. So, uh, again, I think Bijan's going to be that guy this year. Um, Jameer Gibbs is another guy that's pretty safe. Um, he's going to have a pretty big pass-catching role in Detroit. So I do like that. And then as far as wide receiver goes, it's really kind of Jordan Addison for me. Um, I think that he has the most immediate impact, especially in redraft um, for this year. I think that playing second fiddle to Justin Jefferson – Chris, uh, Kirk Cousins has kind of shown that ability to support two fantasy-relevant wide receivers at times, even two top 12 guys at points with Adam Thielen um, and Justin Jefferson. So I think that Addison can definitely kind of make that roll out there for him in Minnesota. Um, I'm a little bit down on JSN and Johnston just because I think their room's a little crowded, and I don't love Johnston as much as I did like Addison. So I'm okay with JSN. Like, I, I think there's going to be some value there, but it's not like I don't think in year one he's going to have a ton. Um, and then Kincaid's interesting. Obviously, the Bills got to plug his name in there, right? Um, <laughs> but, like, Kincaid's a little bit interesting, but rookie tight ends tend not to really hit in fantasy. And then the Bills in general don't like to use rookie players often. They say they're going to, but, like, they just... They have like an old school mentality when it comes to that. So I wouldn't be surprised. Like I can see both sides. Like I could see he's either going to explode or he's just going to bust and it's going to be like really bad for fantasy in year one. So it's kind of a little dicey. And then as the quarterbacks go, like I really like CJ Stroud. I don't know how much he's going to give us in year one for fantasy. Um, but obviously the, the the crazy pick and the high upside is, is Anthony Richardson. I mean, he's going to be one of the, the more 
polarizing players this year. Um, if he plays every game, there's a chance he's easily could be a top five quarterback with his rushing upside. Um, he's kind of being that field with like the Fields and Hurts and Allen and Lamar Jackson. So that's a safe floor in fantasy when you get those, those rushing quarterbacks. So Richardson feels safe, especially if you're playing somewhat of a redraft. I don't love him as much for dynasty. Like CJ's still my first guy for dynasty. Like I still think CJ's going to be the best quarterback out of this class. So I'm close, but again, that's about probably the few I have. And then if you want like a late name, I'm still like totally in on Puka Nakua. I've been in on him for a long time. He's going to be like real late in your dynasty drafts. And there's a lot of good talk out of uh, Los Angeles so far in OTAs for him as well. We probably could have like we could have had like a whole podcast. <laughs> oh, so I'm just gonna stop there. Yeah, no, and, that like, was great. But like a good a good tip for right like, now. I suppose, like rookie fantasy owners is don't just blindly follow the NFL draft. Have a look at the play. Look where they've gone. Look how they're yeah. going to fit into that system. Are they going to be starting? Are they going to you know? Are they going to take a little bit of time to to uh, work their way into the team? So don't just mm-hmm. blindly follow the the draft to be just a good. Yeah, and that's. Yeah, and that's especially if you're playing redraft. Like, rookies don't really produce a ton of fantasy points in year one. Like, you're safer to go with those vets um, outside of those. Like, with the NFL draft, you can kind of get away with it a little bit because, like, the earlier guys tend to kind of hit in year one. You know, like the running backs, a couple of the wide receivers will hit. Um, But, like, once you get those later round guys, it's it's unlikely they see a ton of fantasy production. So that's where you want to lean on those vets. They don't miss too many kicks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sprinkling that, a couple in there is nice, but yeah, you'll don't find like go all rookies. You'll be it'll be bad. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now that Tommy's gone, we'll get into some of the more important stuff. We've gone through the stats in the other <laughs> leagues. Fair. So naming your team and naming your league obviously pretty important. Uh, do you like to see <laughs> sort of your more outlandish, sort of funny names, or you know what? What do you like to see in your leagues, like in terms of guys naming their teams and that sort of thing? We try to do like most leagues I'm in. We try to do like a theme. I always like that. I always think it's fun if you can get all the uh, managers on board. You know, you pick whatever is popular to you guys or you like. You know, like we have some, like one of ours is like The Office, like the TV show in in the U.S. here. So it's like just teamed names, themes from The Office. Or like, you know, like um, I have one that was like Super Smash Brothers, like from the video game. You know, we have ones that are superheroes. Like stuff like that I kind of like. I'm not prevy to like the... Although they are fun and funny sometimes, but like I don't always love like the football ones, like where they try to like stick in like names of football players. Like I get it, it's cool and it's fun, <laughs> but like that's just like not my cup of tea, you know. I'm like still feel like I'm like maybe still living in high school. I don't know. I just like <laughs> the like like the funnier things or you know, like we do like sometimes like you know, like like USFL teams or XFL teams, you know, <laughs> yeah. kinda like just like stuff like that as opposed to like you know um i don't even know a team like see i don't even do it enough but like you know how like they they, they stick names in there like, with, like football names yeah, do yeah you, so was, like across all your fantasy leagues you'll have different names oh yeah so, like, so do, all my do you find that helps different. you like sort of can't remember who's on what team like your different names between your different leagues That's oh, i have no idea who's on every team <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> just too many i have how many leagues I have, are you in the, roughly the only I have downsized a lot. Like I had a lot, I had been in a lot. Um, but with getting into the industry a lot more, I do a lot of like start sit questions on Twitter. I do, um, sometimes a live show through FTN on YouTube for it. Like it was just too much 
as well yeah. as like creating content throughout the week during the season, doing rankings and then articles and stuff like that. It was too much to give the appropriate time to every single league. Um, so I am There's down. Literally, just not like, enough time. Like the yeah. amount of things that you have to go through, and like yeah. the, the numbers. That dynasty you ones, it's just a lot, and it's even off season, you know. So it's like a lot. Um, so I'm, I think I'm down to like twelve now. <laughs> um, but like I know people who are in like thirty, so like twelve insane. seems like a small number to me. How um, do you do that? <laughs> but it's a lot. Yeah, it, it's crazy. And luckily, it's dynasty and stuff like that. So like a lot of my teams, I have a lot of the same players, so that makes yeah. it easy. Um, but I could see maybe where like having different team names makes it a little more helpful. Um, mm. but yeah, that's why it takes so much time. It's just because like you're in so many that it's like. Somebody sends you a trade and you're like, well, which of the five yeah, leagues well, that we're in together? You know, like, <laughs> which league are we in? And yeah. uh, so it is tough, um, but it could, I could see where that could benefit. Like, I do know some teams, like, I know, like, by the team name, like, okay, this team is like one of my better teams or this team's rebuilding. Like, I do yeah, know that, yeah. you know. So, what was the most amount of leagues that you were ever in at one point? I had. I believe it was 18 last year. Um, once <laughs> you start to life. factor in, like, um, I do play redraft still with some people, you know, like, for example, like Scott Fishbowl, like I get into that. If nobody knows what that is, that's like a charity league. Um, there's a guy on Twitter, his name's Scott Fish. It's a big like charity league. A lot of people from the industry and stuff get into that. Um, you put in for it. He just randomly selects people and that's kind of like a, a redraft league so like there's that one there's another couple charity leagues i play in so like that's three and then like some like then you play dfs which is like daily fantasy so you like just pick per game so like there's a lot um but sometimes i overcommit myself because like i try to like <laughs> You know, if it's for charity, I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. I'll and do then it. it's yeah. like, then like week four comes around and I'm like, why did I sign up for 20 <laughs> fantasy leagues? And then I got, you know, try and help other people win too. And it's like, oh, this is a lot. <laughs> this is a little bit too much work. I don't know. <laughs> so want, I'm trying to keep it down. You've got one team, Danny, and you'll see how much work yeah. one team is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm feeling it's... overwhelmed with having one team coming up, <laughs> let alone having, you know, 20 plus. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It, it's it, it is it it turns into like kind of it's an addicting game i will say that so once you start is, you're yeah. like you're in because it is it's a lot of fun you know you can relate to the players because you know who they are you get to watch them play and like it is it's just like an ever building like that's why dynasty is so fun to me just because like even if your team's bad that year like you still can pay attention because you can like look to make moves for the future you know and redraft once you're Teams 0 and 6, you're like, well, there's no point in even setting a lineup at this point, you know? So it's kind of like, <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit more fun, but yeah. And, and I know we've touched on it a, a little bit, but if you could pick just a few names, if we are doing a redraft league, a few names that would be like absolute steals in the draft that you potentially have seen in your other leagues that have dropped to like lower positions, uh, lower draft numbers, sorry. So a guy that I really like this year um, is going to be Nick Chubb. I mean, it's not a, like a low name, um, but he tends to fall a little bit in drafts, um, partially because of what happened in Cleveland at the end of the season. Um, he is kind of starting to gain some steam now. Um, a little people, some people are starting to catch on, um, but. I think that he's set up to be kind of a little bit like shatter his career and his like career finishes are like ten 
like RB10 constantly. Like he's a very consistent running back. He's a guy that I've always really liked, but you can get him a little bit later than that running back 10 because he doesn't have the high upside stuff. He's always kind of been just a pure runner. Um, so he's a guy that I really like. Um, another guy that's gaining steam also in the uh, AFC North is J.K. Dobbins. He's a guy that I've, I've liked for a long time. I liked him coming out. Um, this year he seems fully healthy off of that ACL injury. Um, Todd Munkin's coming in as their <laughs> offensive coordinator. And uh, I think that there's going to be one of his largest target or well, not target, but like opportunity share, um, probably target share as well. I think he'll see a little bit more in the past game, but I think that there's going to be some potential for him to sneak into the top 12 and you can get him fairly affordably in drafts. He tends to fall to that sixth, seventh round, um, which is a really good value for him. Um, Obviously, he could end up in that kind of middling RB2 range, but still a good asset. I, I think that's his floor. Um, then the wide receiver position, like quarterback to me, like I'm I'm trying to get one of those top guys. Like once you get yeah. past those top guys, it's a little more dicey. Um, but Kirk Cousins is a guy that I really like. I've always liked. Um, he just, he outproduces his ADP regularly. Like he always sneaks into the top 12 and people just never draft him there. They're just like, no, he's not good. Like that's all I think like when I'm envisioning them at the draft board, they're like, Oh, not Kirk Cousins. Not Kirk no, Cousins, yeah. but it's like, he is perpetually a top 12 quarterback for fantasy just because like you're throwing to Justin Jefferson, like come yeah. on. So uh, he's a guy that you can get a little bit late if you want to like kind of wait on quarterback. Um, I'm also a little bit in on Dak Prescott as well, a little bit more than where he's probably going to go. Um, especially in one quarterback, those quarterbacks tend to fall into like the four, five, six, seven round range because they're not as important. You're, you're loading up on running backs, wide receivers, tight ends in the first couple rounds of one quarterback leagues, because you only have to start one quarterback and there's 32 starters. Like you're going to get a good one. It's just where you're at in that tier, you know? So I still like to try and get Mahomes or, um, Allen or Hurts, but like once it's after those, I kind of am like, all right, well, I might wait then. I might punt and just kind of go with the better skill position players and get that, you know, Kirk Cousins or Daniel Jones or Jared Goff that's going to sit in the top 15 and kind of still give me some good weeks, but I'm going to be loaded at, at all the other positions. So that's where being flexible kind of helps you a little bit. Um, wide receiver that's a little bit probably off to the cuff. I would say Christian Kirk. So this is why um, Kelvin Ridley's coming back with Jacksonville, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of hype about Kelvin Ridley. And I, I love Kelvin Ridley, another guy that I, I really do like as a football player. But Christian Kirk's getting a lot of disrespect right now. Set a lot of career highs last year. Kind of became Trevor Lawrence's safety blanket. And this team threw for over 500 and I think it was like 80 passing attempts last year. So there was a ton of value they had four players over 80 targets two over 120 so like there's a ton of targets to go around in this offense and i still think christian kirk is going to get his own and still be a very productive fantasy player and like he gets drafted two or three rounds later than kelvin ridley so like to me i'm kind of sitting and maybe going with kirk over ridley although i do like ridley but the players you can get around ridley are a lot better than Calvin Ridley, I feel like, and a lot safer. You know what you're going to get. Like, Ridley hasn't played in almost two years. He's 29. Like, what are we really going to get? And the year that he did play was kind of, like, injury-ridden, kind of leading out there in Atlanta. So it's kind of like, where is he at? Where's his physicals at? And kind of just kind of, eh. Where Christian Kirk, like, we just saw it last year. So, like, to me, I think that that's a good value um, to outproduce his ADP. 
awesome. Take note. It kind of, it's, it's kind of funny. It's like we want people to watch this episode, but we don't want them to take away these nice little tips. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll just, give you some after the episode. No, yeah, <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit of juice after. Yeah, uh, just I've got one more from me, Danny, before we finish up. But anything else that you wanted to touch on? I, Quickly before no, we well, I was just going to just say that, like, watch Nick Chubb get taken number one. In yeah, our, I know. Like... In our league. Pick one, number I, one. I don't take him one, okay? If you're listening, <laughs> I do like Nick Chubb, but don't take him one. Like, Christian McCaffrey should be one if you're going running back, okay? <laughs> like, it should be McCaffrey. Yeah. It should be JT. Like, those guys are better than Chubb, but the value, you know, once you're getting past those big names, that's where you want to look for. Yeah, them. that's like absolutely to the advice. Uh, I just wanted to finish up on, um, I know it's a big thing with some leagues. It's uh, the punishment for the losing team. Are you big on that? Uh, like, have you seen some creative sort of ideas for um, punishment for the losing team for, for any of your leagues? We don't do them like in mine. A lot of, a lot of my leagues, it's like 50-50 between like friends and like Twitter people, like Twitter yeah. friends. So it's kind of like we don't really do them, um, which is surprising because like my friends – I would think we would probably have that, like just with like the group of friends, you know, when you grow up with your buddies, you know, it's kind of like you would think that would be the league that would have something, but we actually don't. A little bit of extra hurt. Yeah, you know, (laughs) we don't. um, But yeah, I mean, I've seen some interesting things on Twitter um, as far as people who do do stuff like that. Um, But yeah, I don't really have much to weigh in on that. Unfortunately, I apologize. one, One funny one that I've seen, I think it is a guy had to go to IHOP and he had to um, either in, a, you know, his most hated team's jersey or whatever, and he had to sit there and he had to run the menu and he couldn't leave the IHOP until he ran the entire, like, had one thing from each <laughs> item of the menu or something like that. Ooh, so that's just, rough. Like, posted the video. That is, the that's a good one. Just, yeah. That is rough. It was either, yeah, like, anyway. don't go crazy, you know, like, yeah. that would be my advice. Like, don't yeah. make somebody do something like get a tattoo or anything. Like, no, no, that's no, a little nothing, too far. Uh, nothing illegal. Yeah, that's a little <laughs> too far. Like, but I, that, that's a good one. That's I definitely fun, love know? like wearing a rival team's like yeah, that is, like, that, like a yeah, in a like prominent setting or you know something yeah. like that. I think that. That's a pretty safe one. Yeah, that's pretty fair. I like yeah. that. Yeah. So I just want to say thank you from us and everyone who's listening for coming on, Jez, and just want to give a quick plug where people can find you and all the work that you've been doing. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter um, at PopesFFH. That's P-O-P-E-S-F-F-H. Pretty much I post at least links or something to everything that I have going on. So that's pretty much like my central hub, we'll call it. Um, But a ton of stuff I put out there for uh, just in general. And then all my written work and stuff like that is over at FTNFantasy.com. It is, if you do want to sign up, it is uh, promo code POPE, P-O-P-E, saves you 20% off the subscription. Um, And then that subscription gets you like everything, you know, the rankings, um, advanced stats and stuff like that. We have really good extensive stat department as far as like charting advanced stats, you know, your like yards per route run, um, contested targets, stuff like that. So if you're kind of into that analytics side, of fantasy football um it's a pretty good good price and um good value for the information you're getting and then uh, i do have a podcast it is the ftn dynasty podcast me and uh, my co-host adam pfeiffer are on there um we kind of do that twice once to twice a week depending on what we can get in obviously life gets busy but um yeah that's pretty much what i got going on awesome mate thank you so much for coming on Really appreciate it. It's been a ripper episode. I've definitely been taking notes. I've <laughs> physically seen carts taking notes. 
And I'm sure all our listeners are really going to appreciate it. So thank you. And I, I appreciate you guys having me on. I uh, I hope hopefully help somebody. Um, that's what I'm here for. And like I said, anybody wants to reach out on Twitter. Um, I usually get back to people pretty quick as as quick as I can. So awesome. Thanks, Jess. Can't thank you enough. And we'll we'll chuck all your links and everything out in the description of this episode.